Good morning, everyone. We are so glad that you're here to worship with us today. And I don't know if you've noticed, but it was Vacation Bible School this week. Woo! I don't see Catherine. I don't know where she went right this second, but we need to give a big clap for Catherine Barnes because that was some awesome Vacation Bible School. And thanks to everyone here that was crazy enough to help with Vacation Bible School. Y'all are awesome. Um, the children are not having Wednesday night this week, but uh, in the arts and crafts room, they have a calendar of all their fun Wednesday night activities. They have a lot of cool stuff coming up. Um, I wanted to let you know that the youth this Wednesday will be meeting at 5.30. We're going to have some hangout time, but at 6 is when it all starts. We're making dog biscuits this Wednesday. And you might say, well, why are the youth making dog biscuits? It's because on Friday, we're helping with the United Way Day of Action, and we'll be working at the Humane Society with the Day of Action, so that'll be a lot of fun. And on Saturday, we may be taking the youth to professional wrestling uh, here in Gadsden. So um, I, we just got back from Camp Sumatanga with the junior high kids. Parker Casey was there, and we all uh, survived and had a great time for a week out there at Camp Sumatanga. Uh, there were 78 junior high kids there, so that was great. Um, the children's new worship space is moving along, and it's looking great, so that will be done in the near future. Um, also wanted to let you know there will be a memorial service for Virginia Yoakum at Collier Butler. Visitation on Monday is from 12 to 2, and the funeral at 2 p.m. Um, this is amazing. There's not just one rose on the altar today. We have three roses on the altar today. So this is great. Um, we have Amelia James Hedgepath uh, was born to Jay and Claire, uh, grandparents Mark and Barbara Condra, and great-grandparent Laura Condra. Um, and we also have one for Jack Kennedy. Parents are Burns and Hannah, um, and the grandparents Witt and Kathy Torbett. And then we have another rose. Um, Anne Elizabeth Casey, parents are Ryan and Meg, and you're going to know the great-grandparent, Dottie Ivy. So uh, make sure you say congratulations to everyone. And um, is that not awesome to have three roses? And then we have other flowers up here, but I think those are just for a vacation Bible school party. I don't think those are more babies, okay? Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful uh, that we were able to have vacation Bible school and have an awesome vacation Bible school this year. Uh, I pray right now that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody stand and sing with us on the first song. We're glad you're here with us today. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight. For me, I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm louder and louder. You're gonna hear my praises roar up from the ashes. Hope will arise, death is defeated. 
All right, great job, praise family. Y'all be seated, and uh, you are in for such a treat today. We have had a wonderful vacation Bible school. We've had lots of kids. I think we had about 50 kids, and we had a lot of volunteers, and everything was, you know, my favorite part of the whole thing was getting to uh, taste the, the um, snacks, because the VBS snacks are the best, you know, little brownie Bibles and all kinds of fun stuff that they did. And I had to taste test them because I'm a team player, you know, I got to do that. Uh, but you're in for a treat. You're going to get to see some of their songs and hear, uh, and hear their music. So uh, without further ado, our Good Vacation morning, Bible School. Good morning, Pastor Sam. Oh, my goodness. Hello, uh, Good Parrot. morning. Welcome to Adventure Island, Pastor Sam. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. My name is Beacon the Puffin, and last week I wanted to tell you our children learned how to share God's light by finding infinity lanterns. We learned about the lantern of love and the lantern of trust and the lantern of faith and the lantern of joy. And it seems like we have a big crowd here today that might want to hear our children share some of those lessons in song. Are you ready? I think they would like that. Oh, great. Now, if you just look at the screens, we're going to share a video of all the fun times we had this week, and I'll go find our explorers and see if they're ready to sing.
Miss Catherine, and I think even Pastor Andy is going to take the kids to Children's Church. Didn't they do a great job? Give them a good. Our volunteers are awesome, and our children's director, Miss Catherine Barnes, is awesome. So, and her mama Kathy's awesome. <laughs> that was so fun. All right. Well, one of the ways that, that we're able to do ministries like this is um, by you giving. So thank you for giving, and you can, you can drop your offering in the offering plate. You can give online. You can give by text to give. You can download our app, uh, but thank you for your support. We do a lot of missions here. We do a lot of children's and youth activities, but it's all because of you and your generosity. So thank you for that. We're going to say a prayer now. And we also want to hear your prayer requests. If you want to send them, send them to our, our church um, uh, email address, fumc at fumcgadston.org, and we will give them to our prayer team. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for this beautiful day you've given us. Thank you for all these beautiful children and for the exciting way that they give you praise. We want to have that same kind of joy and that same kind of attitude in our worship today. Thank you, Lord, for those who are generous and, and make this possible, make all these ministries possible by their giving. Lord, I pray that you would take uh, the tithes and offerings that are given at this church and that you would use them to upbuild your kingdom and to be a blessing to others. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen.
gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. We have a different mission emphasis. Our mission team is very, very active, and we do a lot of things. Uh, this month, month of June, we're emphasizing our global missions and the support that we give for our missionaries around the world. And I, we're just kind of doing a little spotlight on someone. Uh, last week, we, we looked at um, 
uh, we looked at a missionary named Reverend John Calhoun, who is serving in Vienna, Austria. Still want to go see him. Uh, today we're looking at Helen de Leon Camarse, and she is serving as a missionary with the General Board of Global Ministries in Southeast Asia, in the Southeast Asia uh, mission. She is currently in Cambodia. Um, sometimes we get the idea that all missionaries are preachers, and that's, that's not the case because we need uh, everybody's gifts and talents. Uh, Helen is actually the treasurer and provides support for all of the missionary com communities in the area. She um, is part of a Southeast Asia mission, which is very fast growing. Uh, this is uh, an area where they have over 400 churches that they have planted and uh, it's, it's fast growing. And like I said, it's, um, it's very, very important to remember that our church is a global church and we have people who are working all around the world to spread the good news. So as you say uh, a prayer, pray for Helen and all of the missionaries that are serving in Southeast Asia. Pray for their families. Helen has a husband and three children, and they also are raising their adopted nephew. So say a prayer for them, and uh, let's just pause right now and say a prayer for all those that are serving around the world. Lord, we give you thanks for the calling that you place on people's lives to go and serve you. When you say, uh, who will I send? They say, here am I, send me. And we're so thankful that people are willing to do that. And so, Lord, we say a prayer for them. We say a prayer for their families. It always affects the families. And we say a prayer, Lord, that they will always know that they have not only the financial support, but the prayer support and, and just the encouragement that they need. And we pray, Lord, that the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ can get taken all the way around the world. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We have been talking about mysterious women of the Bible. And today we're talking about a woman who is a part of a family that were really close friends of Jesus. It was two sisters and a brother. They uh, were, were pretty wealthy. Their parents had died and left them an estate. They uh, had a house that was big enough to entertain and host people, which they did from time to time. And they were close friends of Jesus. It just flat out says in the Gospel of John that Jesus loved this family. Uh, there was the older sister. I'm not going to tell you her name. I don't want to give it away yet. Okay, mysterious women of the Bible. Um, there was the older sister who was kind of the bossy one. She was the one that kind of took care of everybody. Anybody have older sister? Um, they they kind of tell everybody what to do. But you know, you kind of depend on them to be the go-to person. And there was the brother. Uh, I get the feeling that, you know, he kind of um, got to do what he wanted to. But uh, then there was the youngest one, the one that we're talking about today. So if you haven't already figured who this mysterious woman of the Bible is, I'm going to see if you'll be able to figure it out when I give you this last clue. She made Jesus cry. Have you figured it out yet? Okay. I'm going to read just one verse of Scripture today, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about this woman. Uh, this comes from John chapter 11, verse 35. Jesus wept. 
Okay, have you memorized our text for today already? I just, have to, I just have to admit to you, when I was going to vacation Bible school and Sunday school and everything, and we always had to uh, do a memory verse, you know, I always wanted John eleven thirty five, 35, right? Because Jesus wept. There you go. Um, this is not exactly the shortest verse in the Bible, because in, in the Greek language it has 16 letters, and there's another verse that has 14 letters, but still, it's short. But still, Jesus wept, to me, is one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. How is it that it can carry that much power? Um, I heard a story about a, a young man who got out of seminary and went to his first appointment. And it was at a large church, and he was one of the associates there. And one Sunday morning in chapel, it was his turn to serve communion for the first time. And he was very nervous. Because I want to tell you what, it can be nervous, can it? Pastor Ken, it can be kind of nervous sometimes when you're first starting out. So the church had their communion ritual printed out on a little laminated piece of paper, and it was up front, and, and the minister was standing behind there, and he was going down through the, the invitation to communion and the prayer of cons con, uh, confession, the prayer of consecration, and, and then just before the people came forward to receive communion, there was a, a line that went like this. Hear these words of comfort from the scripture. And then it was blank because the minister was supposed to fill in whatever he or she wanted there. And all of a sudden, the minister just got the deer in the headlight look. His mind went blank. I've had those moments many times. Mine went blank. And all that he could think of was John eleven thirty five. So he said, hear these words of comfort from the scripture. Jesus wept. And then his face kind of turned red and he went on and he served communion. And he was thinking, oh, how am I going to ever tell the senior pastor about this? I'm so embarrassed. I just really dropped the ball on this. And a woman came up to him afterwards and said, pastor, I am so glad. I'm so glad that you quoted my favorite verse as the words of comfort. Because it's such a comfort to me to know that the healer of our pain is also the feeler of our pain. The healer of our pain is also the feeler of our pain. That's why Jesus wept is so important. And that's why this mysterious woman of the Bible is so important for us to look at. Her name is Mary of Bethany. And my hint was she made Jesus cry. So who is she and what can we learn from her? Let's look at a couple of other places in the scripture where Mary of Bethany shows up and we'll see some of the things that she does. One is in Luke chapter 10 verses 38 through 42 and I'm just going to share that with you today. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She said to him, to Jesus, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you were worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. 
So Mary learned about, and Mary teaches us about how to learn about discipleship, and it's all about sitting at the feet of Jesus. She was not seated, seated beside Jesus in the place of honor, the place where, you know, James and John wanted to be seated. She was not positioned in some other place. She was just at his feet. And, and that really represents humility. It's just the lowest position that somebody could take. It, it also represented placing oneself under the authority of the person who is teaching. To be a disciple was to sit at someone's feet. And there's an old saying that the rabbis used that, that you were not really a disciple until you were covered with the dust of the feet of your master. You were covered with the dust of the feet of your rabbi. You're following that closely. To sit at Jesus' feet. So Jesus' uh, response to Martha is important here. Martha, as I said, was the oldest. She was worried about many things. She was upset. She was fussing around the house, and she went, and she said, Jesus, tell her to help me. And Jesus said, Mary has chosen what is better, and it won't be taken away from her. Now, Martha was doing what was good. Uh, it's important to show hospitality. Hospitality is very important, but there is... A a time when you just need to stop and sit at the feet of Jesus. Mary knew that to be a disciple was to make your home at the feet of Jesus. So whatever you're doing right now, if you're worshiping with us online, if you're here, I want you to just pause right now. I want you to take a moment and close your eyes, and we're going to say just a little short prayer. Will you pray with me? I want you to take a moment and just imagine yourself seated at the feet of Jesus. Oh, Lord, we sit at your feet today to learn. Teach us, we pray. Amen. All right. So now let's look at the other sighting of Mary of Bethany. And this comes from John chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Mary served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took out a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief as the keeper of the money bag, and he used to help himself to what was put in it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. So Mary didn't just learn at the feet of Jesus. Mary worshiped at the feet of Jesus, and she teaches us something about worship. The word for worship here in the Greek, it, it means to, to give homage and to give reverence to somebody by kissing their hand. If you imagine uh, someone uh, kneeling before the king and kissing the king's ring or something like that. But even better than that, 
So how, how many of you have dogs? Just, okay. Some of you are, are worshiping with your dog right now as, as, uh, as we worship online. But this word is actually it is connected to the Greek word for dog. And its original meaning was uh, a, a dog laying at his master's feet, licking his master's hand. Okay? And so you, you know what I'm talking about. That is, that's the very root of what it means to worship. To be at the feet of Jesus and to give adoration. And not just a little bit, but everything. Everything. You know, most of us would not like to think of ourselves as being dogs at the master's feet. But when you really think about it, there's no better symbol of, of what love is and what humble devotion is than a dog. Um, I mean, I love cats too. Don't get me wrong. But, but dogs are just always happy to see you. Cats are sometimes indifferent now. They're sometimes like, okay, you can go away now. But dogs are just as happy to see you if you've been away for five minutes as they are if you've been away for five days. They just wag their tails and just love you. Somebody told me one time, um, this lady said that, that somebody said, uh, well, who do you love? Who loves you more, your husband or your dog? And she said, I don't know. Uh, and he said, well, try this. Uh, Lock your husband and your dog both in the trunk for 30 minutes, and then when you open it, see which one is glad to see you. And that's how you'll know. Just kidding. Don't try that at home. But heartfelt worship is supposed to be just like Mary gave, just, just humble, heartfelt, and really extravagant, just not holding anything back. So I want you to pause again with me, and just bow your heads. We're going to say just a little short prayer. And I want you this time to imagine yourself back sitting at the feet of Jesus. Oh Lord, we sit at your feet today in worship. Receive now our heartfelt adoration. Amen. So now back to the text today. John eleven thirty-five. We see... Mary at the feet of Jesus again. It seems like she's always at the feet of Jesus. Uh, let's go back, though, and kind of see what the setting is for her being at the feet of Jesus this time. The chapter opens in John chapter 11 with us being introduced to this family, Lazarus of Bethany, one of Jesus' dear friends, and his sister Mary and Martha. They were, uh, they were very, very close to Jesus. And I know that because of a couple of different things. I know that because when Lazarus got sick, they sent for family sent for Jesus. And the messenger, when he got there, said to Jesus, the one that you love is sick. He didn't even have to mention Lazarus's name. He said, the one that you love is sick. And he didn't have to say, okay, Jesus, we want you to come. They just assumed that Jesus would want to come because the one that he loved was sick. And then unless you think I'm a great Bible scholar or something, all you have to do is look at verse 5. It says, now Jesus loved Martha and his sister and Lazarus. It just comes right out and tells us that he, he loved them. Uh, so even though he loved them, even though they were friends, he waited two days 
And by the time that Jesus and the disciples got to Bethany, Lazarus had been in the grave for four days. And you say, well, why is that detail important? It's important because in that day and time, they believed that a person's soul hovered around the body for three days uh, just in case the person wasn't absolutely positively dead. And after four days, the person was certifiably dead, I guess you could say, not just in a coma. So Lazarus was beyond the point of resuscitation. Um, and then Jesus said to Martha, Martha, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And Martha said, um, well, yes, I believe it. And it wasn't just, do you believe in the resurrection in general? It was, do you, Martha, believe that I'm the resurrection? So in one sense, we are called to, to affirm our belief in the resurrection. Every time we say the Apostles' Creed, we say, I believe in the resurrection. But what is the real gut check for us? What is the real, the real where the rubber meets the road for us is, is not how we think about things the, theologically. It's just for us. Do you believe? Do you believe? Martha said, yes, Lord, I believe. And that's awesome. But it didn't bring Jesus to tears. Here's what brought Jesus to tears. Mary came after Martha came. She fell at the place that was her home. She fell at Jesus' feet. And Mary cried. Mary cried. And remember what I said earlier, the healer of our pain is the feeler of our pain. I want, you to, I want you to just close your eyes again just one more time and imagine with me that you're sitting at the feet of Jesus. You're sitting at the place and Mary is there and she's crying and she's teaching us, she's teaching us that it is important to mourn. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 4, blessed are those that mourn, for they will be comforted. So now as we, as we just imagine ourselves back at Jesus' feet today, I want to ask you just to consider in your heart, what do you need to mourn today? We've all experienced so much loss over the last year, not just, not just human lives, but just all kinds of things. And, and we, all, we all have hurt. And it's important to mourn at the feet of the one who feels your pain. And now pray with me. Oh, Lord, we sit at your feet today and we mourn. We're hurting and we know that you hurt with us. Grant us your comfort today. Amen. Jesus wasn't going to leave Mary at his feet crying. You know, there's really no substitute for time spent at the feet of Jesus, the master, learning and worshiping and even mourning and communing with the one who knows us best 
and still loves us most. But there is a time to get up and to get moving. And Jesus is always about to do something new. So he asked Mary to move, to get up. He said, get up, I have something I want to show you. And then they went to the tomb and Jesus said, remove the tomb. Remove the stone from the tomb. And Martha, always the practical one, said, Lord, Lord, he's been dead for four days and there's going to be a smell, a smell by now. And Jesus said, I can imagine Jesus putting his hands on his hip. Did I not just say that if you believe that you would see the glory of God? Now move that stone out of the way. And so here's the gut chap time again for, for Martha and for Mary. Do you really believe that Jesus is the resurrection? Do you believe, Martha? Do you believe, Mary? Do you believe, Sam? And if you do believe, then maybe when you're at the point where you feel like there is no way out, you'll know that Jesus is the way. If you really do believe, maybe when you get to that point where you think all your hope is dead, you'll know that Jesus is the resurrection. Mary of Bethany, this mysterious woman of the Bible, she is another one of my heroes of faith. Not because she preached great sermons, not because she did miracles, but because she was at home at the feet of Jesus where she learned from Jesus and where she worshiped extravagantly and where she mourned and wept let us learn from her let's pray Lord may we always find ourselves at home at your feet you invited us in Matthew chapter 11 to come to you when we are laboring and are heavy laden and you would give us rest. You invited us to take your yoke upon us and to learn of you. And we learn of you sitting at your feet. Help us to take that time to learn of you, Lord. And Lord, also help us to know the true meaning of worship. Where we, we put everything else aside except our adoration of you. And we express the, the joy that we saw these children express this morning. And then Lord, when it's time to mourn, help us to mourn at your feet. Knowing that the, the healer of our pain is also the feeler of our pain. Help us to learn well the lessons of Mary, of Bethany. In Jesus' name, amen. There is a truth older than the ages. There is a promise of things yet to come. There is one born for our salvation, Jesus. There is a light that overwhelms the darkness. There is a kingdom 
that forever reigns. There is freedom from the chains that bind us. Jesus, Jesus, who walks on the waters, who speaks to the sea, who stands in the fire beside me. He roars like a lion, he bled as the lamb, he carries my healing in his hand. Jesus, there is a name I call in times of trouble, there is a song that comforts in there is a voice that calms the storm that rages. Jesus, Jesus, who walks on the waters, who speaks to the sea, who stands in the fire beside me. He roars like a lion. He Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit go with us all, now and forever. Amen. Thanks. Amen.